0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: Inside Story on BFM
2: 89.9 Good evening, you're with Charmila Ganesan and Lee Chweilin. Tonight, we look at why equal female participation in the workforce continues to be so difficult to achieve.
3: So first, we speak to a HR manager about a newly released survey that found that employers now prefer to hire men after maternity leave was increased to 98 days. And then later on, how to implement gender-sensitive policies that don't backfire.
2: So tell us, do you think policies like longer maternity leave and period leave make women less hireable? You can call 777-332-900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. This is Inside Story. It is 6.08. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Lin. So a survey came out yesterday. This was done by uh, the Associated Chinese Chambers of Commerce. um, And it revealed that employers now seem to prefer hiring men over women. This was specifically in response to recent amendments in the Employment Act, which has increased paid maternity leave from 60 days to 98 days.
3: So the questionnaire was distributed to uh, nationwide direct and indirect memberships members of 17 constituent chambers. Uh, This also involved 25 associate members, um, which comprised of ethnic Chinese companies, individuals and trade associations, uh, because again, associated Chinese chambers, right? So 41.3% of the business people surveyed said that they were shifting to a higher male to female ratio in their employment and that this was specifically to help mitigate against the impact of the increased maternity leave. Now, the business chamber uh, or the associated Chinese chambers of commerce Thomas said that this does not bode well for encouraging women's participation in the labour force and promoting gender equality. And this is a... I think this is a painful reality because, of course, the the paid maternity leave being increased from 60 to 98 days is part of trying to keep women in the workforce. But now it may have the effect of keeping women out of being hired into companies in the first place.
2: So the business chamber is, of course, making the case that there is an economic factor involved, right? Uh, The fact that um, or rather they're measuring it against the cost to the company of hiring women um, and then potentially that employee not being around for up to 98 days. Um, Of course, they've provided... Uh, from their perspective, suggestions on how to mitigate this. So they've um, they've provided three suggestions. One, they've urged the government to bring down the cost of extended maternity leave that's incurred by the company, say through uh, SOXO or the employment insurance system. They've also suggested that the government could do a cost sharing model uh, where they share the cost of those additional 38 days. And finally, for the government to double the tax deduction for the cost incurred for the additional leave days, um, all of which basically be, incentives for a company to continue uh, prioritizing the i suppose the equal hiring of women and men um and this is this is an interesting one because like you said Lynn, it imp- what findings like these indicate is that while a policy can be put in place and in this case the employment act being amended is is a really helpful um move that doesn't necessarily translate into change on the ground, and then, if not implemented properly, in some cases, can even be
3: counterintuitive. Because this is not illegal. There's nothing illegal uh, about the choice being made to say, to say, "Well, look, um, according to what I need, I need more men because I just can't afford to take this on." It's and how, not do fair, even, it's not good, how do you even how do you even assess how
2: do you even assess what's happening during an interview process? Because it's a very subjective thing, right? I've just decided to hire yes, this person. Correct. Yeah.
3: Yes, so because of all these things, um, it, it's quite clear that you—it's it, like you said—you need a few things to happen. There needs to be a supporting um, supporting measures taken alongside the policy, um, and I suppose in some ways, I don't know enough to know whether this is reflective of the temperature before um, the Employment Act was amended. I know that uh, many elements of it. Employers said they were not ready for. Uh, it is worth acknowledging, however, that in many cases, companies and employers will often say they're not ready for things, or continuously push for it to be instated three months down. Well, after that, another three months. You know, uh, it, we see this happen because there's a lot of preparedness, right? That they're trying to put in place. There's a buffer they're trying to build. But when I, I don't know whether prior to this, it was already considered. You know, this was already something that people were saying it's not going to help or whether this is a natural reaction to something that's now been announced. And it isn't dissimilar to
2: conversations that are also happening in parallel to uh, initiatives like period leave. Because again, then would that would that prompt companies to prioritise hiring men um, so that they have, quote unquote, more productivity um, every month? So um, I think the question here really is, how do policies like this play out on the ground? Um, so we'd like to hear from you. Do you think policies like longer maternity leave and period leave make women less hireable? You can call double send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, we will be speaking after this to uh, a senior HR manager, Kana Tan. So keep it here on Inside Story BFM 89.9.
1: Bole for Malaysia. Ha. BFM 89.9 The Business Station.
2: It's 6.14. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Lin. And today we are discussing, uh, well, to start off with, a survey by the Associated Chinese Chambers of Commerce uh, that reveals that since the uh, 98-day maternity leave came into effect, employers um, seem to be preferring to hire men as a way to reduce uh, the cost that is incurred to the company. Uh, So we've been asking you, do you think policies like longer maternity leave and period leave Make women less hireable. Call 77332 send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018 789 8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, now, joining us on the line is Senior HR Manager Kana Tan. Kana, good to have you with us. Hello, Lean. Hello, Tom. So, employers have made their feelings over this increase in maternity leave clear since last year. Uh, Many were critical of it. They were also concerned about the impact it would have on their um, operating expenses. Were you surprised to find out that this sentiment has led to a preference for hiring men over women?
0: Um, Personal opinion, not really surprised. Yeah, but because I think there are still employers who does that. But that also really depend on the field of industry they are in. However, um in my opinion, while and you know, while they are with the maternity changes, right, there will there will be many more other concerns pertaining to this,
3: yeah. So um you mentioned not really surprised. Have you been hearing about similar practices?
0: Uh I did heard some before prior to this, but uh eventually um there are still while they are working towards the changes, you know, towards uh, more of gender equality and all sorts. Yeah, but uh, they are still um, employers who does that. And uh, more of like um, when they first shared about, uh, when the government um, first shared about the changes that was coming up last September, there were many employers who already started raising concerns over uh, not just on this particular act, but the overall amendment. But comes to this maternity, there were concerns raised because of um, there are organisations who have uh, more women workforce, you know, so how are they actually going to realign or adjust in the event you now there are employees, uh, female employees who goes on maternity? Because uh, as we look at it, right, there are many uh, organisations now that we have many young uh, female uh, female uh, employees, you know, who are actually growing up and um doing more on their levels and they are young, young managers, you know, young po- uh, potential uh, leaders out there,
3: yeah.
2: So, according to the survey results by the Chinese Chambers, um, this shift to a higher male to female ratio in employment was a way for companies to mitigate against the impact of higher maternity leave. Um, is this an effective way to tackle employers' concerns over their operational costs?
0: Um, there will be a yes and no over this, I would say. Yeah, again, it really depends on the uh, job requirements and also on the productivity level of uh, each individual uh, in the respective department you know um because uh, as we are aware and uh, uh it's also part of the uh, policy i would say in the event we have employees who are pregnant who are going on maternity they should raise and inform the employers uh, in advance so that they can do the necessary preparation you know, for them to how to mitigate this issue, how are they going to put placement in? They are who actually hire interns, you know, or part-timers to come in. But at the same time, to reduce costs, you can also, if you have enough workforce in your in the organization, you can actually take this opportunity to skill up, you know, or to add on um, you know, our uh, work to the individual. That is where they can actually, at the same time, this where we can we can manage talent, you know, career progression starts from there as well. So all this is also, it really depends on how the employers look at it, uh, you know, the shifting of mindset and how they actually plan towards it. Yeah, so, but again, there are also organisations where, you know, because of that, now that uh, the fact that we have just recovered from the uh, MCO, you know, during those the, the past two years, there were many um employers who did right-sizing, you know, reduction of workforce. So as they are all coming up again, Based on uh, operational wise, so these are something probably a concern to them as well. But then again, this is something that we, you know, we as employers should actually discuss and see how we can actually improve, you know, the operational and uh, and working within the manpower that we have and how it's going to benefit both the employers and employees, you know, who are not uh, going on maternity, but for those who are actually going to take on additional tasks. Not necessary; it will actually impact on them additional ots and all it just depends on how we do the arrangement yeah
2: is this more difficult to do with a smaller company versus a larger company
0: um actually really it depends you know uh it depends how we look at it and again it depends on the industry that we are in if we have um many uh, laborers that you need more uh more uh, uh manpower who are males you know or more uh, energy, energetic people you know who carrying stuff like that but you know these are the types different laborers that we have but if you're talking about those locals that we have and comparing to the small medium and large right um the small one probably it will not much i would say not really much of impact but they will make do you know they will think of how they can make do with the workforce that they have you know because when you start small you know you are planning towards expansion so this is also an opportunity to see where your company is heading to and uh, how you're going to mitigate this issue. You know, uh what if, you know, there because in the in the end of the day, right, we still we do have employees who come in and out of the organization. So it is the same thing of how we're going to um uh worry or to uh to, to find a solution to this, because if an employee leaves, right, resign, we may not necessarily get a replacement immediately. So you know but having an female employee who goes on maternity yeah sounds long because from 60 to 98 days but what are you going to do with these 98 days you know who can actually cover all this but for the bigger organization sometimes they do have people who can multitask but um, they do have employees who only do specific roles. So it also depends on the individual whether the uh, employee are willing to take up the challenge you know or take this opportunity to learn something new, Or at the same time, sometimes we do face employees who are not willing to take up extra work. Yeah, so this one all leads back to the management, the employers and the managers, how we are going to manage our our employees when it comes to a short-term shortage of workforce, I would say. Yeah, yeah.
3: And the Chamber, in response to all of this, has come up with a number of suggestions on how companies can be encouraged to still hire women. And this includes maybe relying on a co-payment through SOXO, uh, the government sharing the costs with private companies for the additional 38 days, and then also doubling tax benefits. Do you think that these would work to incentivize companies?
0: Um, I think over the years, uh, every year we have different... um when they, they release the budget you know and also on the tax release, there are different things that they will try to compensate back to an individual you know the employees and also the employers but uh, it it can be it will not be a long term solution i would say because there will not there will still not be any satisfaction that, as i can see you know so then again um under the government law right basically they are already practicing like uh, 12 weeks of maternity you know prior to this uh, there are there mnc's who does already practice that even up to uh four months yeah and uh but 60 days is the common but it's not that it is a uh, 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 enforcement that you must provide 60 days yeah but because the 60 days given because they we believe that um female employee after giving birth besides they need to recuperate and uh to heal you know to to get back up it's also a, a time given for them to manage their post maternity. And at the same time, where we when we know that there are uh many female workforce out there, we also want them to come back, you know, especially when they have they they have the special skill set or they are holding big responsibilities and all sorts in the organization. Yeah. So um I I I personally feel that yeah, it it should be. Uh, look into different uh, views and you know various yeah concerns lah yeah.
2: Getting back to the point about um, companies being more reluctant to hire women because of this, what further measures should companies take to mitigate the issue so that women are considered fairly for job opportunities?
0: Um, I would say as we, you know, um. I believe every organisation, every employers are still trying to work towards um, giving fairness. You know, as a uh, you know, as we are already in the year 2023. You know, as uh, throughout all the challenges that we have past few years, and all uh, people are talking about work-life balance, people are talking about equality, whether it's through gender or through benefits and all sorts, right? But uh, I think there are sometimes uh, there are some uh, lacking from many out there. Uh, is probably on the looking things at, on, uh, you know, be more diversified. You know, when you look at diversity, equity and inclusivity, these are something I believe um, many are still lacking, you know. So when it comes to, um, I would say uh, equity is more on placing the right people at the right job, you know. It doesn't matter if it's a male or female. So for employers to actually to mitigate this issue, I think... Um, Besides having the concern of uh, increase of operational cost, they have to relook at the skill skill set. You know, the people that they are hiring and placing at that uh, specific roles and department. I would say, like even an engineer, you not know, not all engineers are male, right? There are also females out there. Even at a construction area, you still feel, you do still uh, see females going out there. You know, and so these are the things that they really need to put into consideration. And uh, in order to do this, I believe that you will have a fair amount of um, employees in that specific department or role. In the event, not just maternity, someone who may need to be hospitalized, you know, someone who may need to be on long hospitalization or prolonged illness, whether they are male or female, you still need a backup. So when it comes to this kind of special skill set uh employees, you know, requirement, it is it is very important to um, I'm not sure if this is right. A way to say that you know the fairness on uh, like say gender equality, but it's more on getting the right people at the right job, and you must ensure that you have enough workforce, you know, to, to back up or to send them out for this kind of operational task. Yeah,
3: and talk to us about the impact of having a lower female ratio in employment in the long run. What kind of ramifications do you see this having on the workforce?
0: Uh, okay, um. First thing is probably would be the on the emotional emotion side, you know. Um, I heard of our employers or I heard of um people saying that you know sometimes ladies can you know, when they have more compassion, more emotion, they need to know how to handle people better, you know. So so if you when it comes to a work if you have all men, right? I mean, more of the female males than the female, you know, but not all. Um, uh, depending on the role, not all jobs can be done by the male themselves. You know, we do. Then there are things that, when it comes to uh, handling more uh, soft skills or maybe handling um, emotion, you know, that when it comes to counseling, there are times that you really need uh, someone like a, a female to actually attend to all these issues, you know, um, dealing with different people. Because I would not say that you will have a workforce that's totally no mothers or no females or young girls out there. You know, we still need to have uh, a certain group of people, at least a minimum. Uh, headcount you know to handle certain uh, criteria certain problems there yeah because the mindset of a male and a female are very different and how uh, these two category of people handle matters are also very very different yeah in 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 short I would say sometimes female can be more sensitive yeah and uh, they have different ways of handling men would be more the female would be more straightforward you know they They don't know, sometimes they don't know how to comfort, although they they feel, you know, they empathise to a certain situation or to the certain people. Yeah, so this is something like very uh, subjective to say. It really depends on the individual, on the human behaviour and how we actually want to handle, how we actually learn to handle people and handle situation at the right place at the right
2: time. We have just about a minute left. Overall this move to um, increase the maternity leave which was celebrated when it was yeah. announced um, yeah. could it end up hurting women's careers in the long term? Uh
0: yes and no yeah also it really depends on the employers yeah although uh, a lot of um the employee uh, employee uh, sorry the amendment of the uh the act right that actually cost some you know probably some everyone's jumping especially employers but there's also yes and no, depending on um, what comes after, whether the company or the organisation is actually willing to give extra benefits, or I would say like time off or, you know, working on hybrid, are they ready to do all, you know to do such even after the uh, amended act was implemented? You know, with this enforcement, right, at that period, I believe many employers are still not ready for all this change. To them, it's very critical, very drastic. They are not given enough time to 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 bring these you know to digest how they're going to manage because there will be many people asking to work from home there are many people asking to work on hybrid yeah so um I believe uh there will be if let's say there's an disadvantage then there the chances will be they will choose to actually resign and they will go home and take care of their children first and their family first because all in I believe um in the workforce they will still put family first. So it really depends on the employers, how they want to mitigate and how they want to enforce uh, certain benefits, you know, or adjustment on their operational uh, business operation.
2: Kenna, thanks for speaking with us today. That was Senior HR Manager Kanna uh, We'd like to hear from you as well. Do you think policies like longer maternity leave and period leave make women less hireable? You can call us, you can WhatsApp us, you can send us a voice note, you can tweet us and keep it here, BFM 89.9.
1: Bruce Freddie Morrissey BFM 89.9 It
2: is 6.38. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Lynn. And we are talking about, um, well, as a starting point, a survey that indicates... Ever since the 98-day maternity leave came into effect uh, from the Employment Act Amendment last year, um, employers seem to want to hire men more than women as a way to reduce operational costs, increase productivity and so on. So we've been asking you, do you think policies like longer maternity leave and period leave make women less hireable? Call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, let's start with a voice note that's come in. This is from Brian.
1: I believe it really depends. It's not a simple yes or no answer. Um, when I'm hiring, I would see um, if this person is suited for the job or not, right? Um, and not much on the gender or, or even the age, right? Although those are factors, in the end of the day, it's the fit that is most important. And well, some people are more efficient than others, right? So now let's say we're taking out 98 days right, of the year. That's what, uh, three months and uh, one and a half weeks, three months and one and a half weeks. Some people work 30% better, more efficient than others, right? So then it outweighs the other. So I think that's just a lot of other factors, right? But in some industries where let's say in, on a factory floor right the number of hours is the number of hours in a factory line purely determines efficiency then i believe that yes that would that would show that um, women will be less desirable because numbers in numbers out um, just as simple as that um, but in most cases outside of the factory floor or where hours are not related to efficiency Well, I think that's where it's uh, highly debatable and a lot of factors, other factors are involved.
2: Brian, thank you for those thoughts. Um, I'm actually glad that we are hearing from, um, I'm hearing, hearing these sorts of nuanced discussions, right? We are getting a number of employers pointing out both challenges and opportunities. And I would actually really welcome discussions like these rather than the simplistic, oh, if you hire women, sure, productivity going to drop.
3: Yeah, so I I agree with that. I think that the other thing that needs to be considered here and one that Brian mentioned is suitability. And this is something that our guest Kanna circled as well. Not so much whether somebody is suitable to be hired, but then I'm going to extend that further and say that I I guess I'm uncomfortable with speaking about women only in terms of their reproductive quote-unquote risk. Um, In other words, some women... Are highly valued employees in companies with highly specific skills. Or you can train women, um, especially if they come in with uh, this set of qualifications already, to then fulfill those roles. And in those instances, that person may just be the correct person, even if at some unspecified time in the next five years, they're going to take a 98 day period off. So, you know, thinking about it in those terms or thinking about it in terms of, um, irreplaceability or difficult to replaceability is not a phrase, but you know what I mean. Um, I think is more helpful than thinking about women as sort of this lump group of people. I think this is also the challenge with thinking
2: only of productivity as a marker for what a good employee is. Because productivity can change tremendously from job to job and role to role. A good employee can change, um, you know, depending on what the role is. And so I think sometimes the way we've gotten used to thinking about work, and and our guest Hannah brought this up, the fact that now we are shifting to thinking about, well, does the person have to be in the office? Does the person have to work fixed hours? Does the person um, necessarily have to uh, come in Every day or even be reachable all the time. All of these are questions that we can now have. And I think the the question about maternity leave also opens up the, the point of if we start from the starting point that women are men should women and men should get equal access to jobs and workplaces, then the natural stepping stone is to then talk about how to make that happen rather than to throw up roadblocks.
3: So, let's talk about the people who do think that these measures make women harder to hire. And as a refresher, the measures we're talking about specifically in this instance, is the translation from sixty day maternity to ninety eight day maternity, but also the potential push in the future towards menstrual leave, which we're seeing countries already put mm. in place Spain, Other for countries. instance. Yes, correct. So uh, we're talking about that and asking you again, the question is, do measures like these make women less hireable? So uh, the people who think yes, Matthias says, yes, in, uh, from the point of view of capitalism, it's a hard fact to swallow. And I think that um, this is, again, if you think about people in terms of cogs in a machine um, and productivity in terms of hours spent doing something, as opposed to how productive a person can be, how valuable and individual can be that you've hired specifically to do this task. Yes, that's
2: exactly it, right? Um, I I don't think that capitalism is necessarily the only way, only principle by which to run an organization. Uh, An experience from an an employer, so John called earlier and said, as an employer, there have been times that women come in, uh, take roles and then don't disclose that they're pregnant and then within six months they go on maternity leave, they don't come back. With those situations, you pay a year's salary and only get a few months of productivity. 98 days of maternity leave is very not attractive to hire women, especially if they're of childbearing age, especially as an SME with a staff of 20 to 30 people. This is a huge hit to the workforce and I feel it's unfair to enforce this loss of productivity as a business owner.
3: This is a tough one, John. I mean, I, I really do hear where you're coming from, especially when you put it in the perspective of it's a year's salary. You you paid somebody for a year and they really only worked for you uh, in the end for a few months and 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 that is really difficult. Um, I, I don't know because the idea behind the 98 day push is to ensure that people can come back, um, is to ensure that people are able to spend time, of course, um, being building their family, kind of enforcing those bonds, being able to be, you know, a good parent, but then also having the time to make arrangements and adjustments to come back to the workforce. That is partly why this is happening. So, The fact that people aren't, I I don't know what the answer is to that. Mm. And whether this is perhaps a
2: growing pains
3: period and things will
2: even themselves out as people also learn to value what these policies are meant to do.
3: Um, I I think, you know, earlier we heard from our guest uh, about the need for companies to either encourage employees to upskill or for there to be backups for certain, uh, certain positions. And I think this is the reality of that advice that in some companies with very small workforces, it's a tough conversation. So on that
2: point about um, women are harder to hire because of these policies, a couple of strong opinions. KW says, The entitlement is pushing employers to the wall, so enjoy the pushback. Stop being entitled. Anyway, what's wrong with hiring men? They have families to feed
3: too. Okay, so I guess uh, I would ask why is there a us against them mentality? I'm not sure where it's coming from exactly. Um, in, in the sense that I don't think the position of, the, if anything, what we're seeing out in the workforce is bearing out what's being said, right? If anything, there needs to be a course correction of a different type. But in general, I don't believe that Operating on a, if you hire more women, ergo, you are hiring fewer men, you know, that necessarily plays out. Um, there are many, many industries in which the ratio is still skewed very heavily towards men. So I'm not sure that this is a concern necessarily. I think the other uh, word that I'm interested in is entitled. Because um, I guess what are we talking about when we say entitled? Uh, are people entitled to not have to come back to work with stitches? Um, are are people, people entitled to want
2: to care for their newborn infant to the fullest possibility before they yeah. come back to work?
3: So I, I guess the question of entitlement is an interesting one because, of course, if men could get pregnant, then let's have a different conversation. But at this moment in time, if you don't want Malaysia to become an ageing society, the replacement rate is already incredibly low. Um, what entitlement, I guess, I, I I would like more clarity on that word. Uh, and actually,
2: that's the flip side of it, right? Um, increasingly, in many, many societies, women are choosing not to have families, not to have children, because they don't have gender responsive policies in place, and careers take a hit. Um, so, we will be back after this to continue discussing your messages. Keep your thoughts coming. Do you think policies like longer maternity leave and period leave make women less hireable? Call 7703290, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio.
1: Brainy fancy material. BFM 89.9
2: It is 6.49, you're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Lynn. And we're asking you whether policies like longer maternity leave, period leave, make women less hireable. You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us. Uh, So we have gotten some messages on the notion of uh, menstruation or period leave as well.
3: We have. um, So let's see, Amar says, uh, I have three group members in my house, (laughs) I think women, um, mother, wife, daughters. My highest respects to them and other ladies, but if you're not feeling well, visit a doctor and get an MC, period. Which is funny. Um, Why such a move? Just unnecessary. Are the women so weak now compared to previous generations? And uh, I, I think, okay... I don't necessarily want to retread a lot of the ground that we've covered in the past about why um, why it's probably better to compare period leave to a chronic condition as opposed to a one-off MC kind of doctor condition because it's something that recurs every month. Some people have recurring debilitating difficulties with it and therefore the visit a doctor doesn't always work. But... I wanted to address the, other women so weak now compared to previous generations? Because I think that uh, just because something was good for past generations doesn't always mean that it was fine all the time. It just might have meant that people didn't have the recourse or ability to ask for what they would have preferred. I'm thinking here of how it used to be acceptable to hit your children. And you have generations of people saying, yeah, I turned out fine, but what if, What if you could have avoided that? You know, might you have turned out finer? So, you know, I'm not sure about comparing to past generations.
2: No, and also I think the reality is that... um I, I'm a firm believer in the equal but different principle, uh, not just when it comes to genders, but in all sorts of diversity of communities, right? Um, saying that we want an equal workplace also means accommodating that people have different needs and different uh, different ways in which care might be needed. Um, and I think this is part of that, as we accept, as I say, the starting point that we want
3: more gender equal workplaces, so if we head to the messages for people who are saying, "No, it does not make women less hireable, it's all fine." Sabrina is pointing out higher postmenopausal women then, which I think is, uh, is an interesting point.
2: I mean, it is, it is really up there with people who on the one hand say we need to up our, um, you know, we need to fix our aging society, we need to up our family rates, but on the other hand, also don't advocate for better maternity leave.
3: Meanwhile, Azran says, As an employer, we don't see period leave or maternity leave as making women less desirable candidates. We hire for talent. We don't measure productivity by the time you work, but your output. We implement an unlimited leave policy. Take leave as you need responsibly. We treat employees as adults, uh, to which I say, "Here, here." And Azran, where do you work? (laughs) It is not... I'm not saying anything. I just think the people would like to know. I do love that. Speaking of people who would like to know,
2: Elgib just says, uh, on the bus- on businesses that are shifting their hiring practices to hiring more men because of this, can you name them so that I can buy from their competitors instead? Vote well, with your
3: dollar. I like it. Well, on that though, we have a message from Farhana, uh, who is raising a point in relation to the starting point where we began this story. Let me just take it back to where we began because um, there was a survey conducted by the Associated Chinese Chambers of Commerce that revealed that post uh, the shift to 98 days of maternity, employers now prefer to hire men. They said this in a survey because they needed to mitigate the additional costs. So... Farhana is saying, if we're talking about the same survey that I saw, we are Farhana, uh, then the conclusion actually said that Chinese firms now prefer to hire men. We may ask, oh my god, why are we making this racial again? But really, there might be a very real cultural component here in the differences between how firms make their calculus. This is actually not unique to Chinese employers in Malaysia because a similar study has shown that the increase in paternity leave to reduce the differential between men and women did not yield the same results in East Asian countries compared to Europe. So yes, there is a cultural element in the way firms make the calculus and decide whether to perceive social protection as their responsibility or not. Farhana, I, I uh, thank you so much for that point. I think we need to separate the two. Um, partly because partly because the survey was only sent out to Chinese companies and for that reason, we're seeing lots of reports about Chinese firms uh, but we don't know. The The simple answer is until other people, until the government conducts a survey in general, we don't know how this applies or differentiates?
2: Yeah, the survey, um, you know, I think some people might have misunderstood it as saying in comparison to other communities, but that's not it. It is the Chinese Chambers of Commerce. They spoke to their members. That's what this survey's uh, results are indicating
3: but I'm really glad that you brought up that point about East Asian countries mm. because I think that that's really valid whether or not how whether or not East Asian countries and their culture translate to a Malaysian Chinese culture or Malaysian whatever it may be culture I'm not certain that it correlates So a couple of people bringing up the interesting uh, topic
2: of paternity leave. Um, so Stephen says, this is the reality in life. I used to work for an established unit of a company. During that time we had 20 headcount. I never worried about my colleagues going for maternity leave. Now I'm in a new unit at a company with only three people. I cautiously have in my mind that women at this stage of their lives, when I'm doing a candidate screening for hiring, I know that's very sad. Maybe the best way to solve this is 98 days mandatory paternity leave. Uh, Fadero says, I wish paternity leave would be the main push as well in the policy, or is that already part of the policy? Fadero, it is not, not to that extent. Um, But actually I don't think a conversation about maternity leave precludes paternity leave. I think we should be supporting both of them to the fullest extent.
3: Agreed. Um, I, I think that... And that speaks back to your point earlier, Shamila, about how we perceive equality and how we talk about equality. So, yes, I agree with that. Uh, the other thing I would say is it's a company thing in part. So um, I'm also in a position to hire, and I have interviewed people, and I've never asked this question. Um, our team now is primarily women, and I've just I've just never asked this question or thought to ask this question. And I think that the reason why um, I was thinking about it, and I think part of it, of course, is is being a woman and therefore understanding um, the the complexities of it but the bigger reason I would say that's only a 20% reason the 80% reason is because I believe that if a team member were to get pregnant um, and therefore have to take that time off the company would support me in finding a replacement and I think you need to know that you need to have that kind of backing in order to not then go into situations where you're thinking ah, I have only this amount of headcount and how is it going to work well, Belinda is saying,
2: in our working days in the 70s and 80s, there were always one or two female staff members uh, that were ter- termed as Girl Fridays who were there to stand in for those female staffs who went on maternity leave. These women were able to multitask to a point. I don't know where the term Girl Friday came about. Not necessary uh, that it works in the current workforce. Some, uh, some female employees may be hard to replace during their leave. Uh,
3: well... I, I think that that's, I think that that's interesting. Um, Girl Fridays. I don't know if this is a term that people use anymore. But, uh, Belinda, to your point, um, the or rather to your question, apparently it came about in 1928, uh, but really became popularized because of the Cary Grant movie. So I was going to say, became, I, yeah. I I
2: had a suspicion. Um, so, so the reason I find that interesting, right, is because it speaks to a larger a larger way for the company to think of -of out-of-the-box ways um, to figure out what works and what doesn't. Because um, if we think about it not from the perspective of, oh, this is a problem, but rather this is a reality that we as a company are going to figure out. Um, Nom Nom says, for fair gender equality in jobs, for fair gender equalities in jobs, perhaps employers can provide challenge, can provide challenging written or practical tests for interviews to judge their potential um, and also get support from the government to allow new mothers to bring their kids to work or to work from home. I personally agree that the long maternity leave period can be quite discouraging to employers when it comes to employing female employees.
3: Mm. I, I wanted to extend uh, something that I said earlier, which is thinking about people as valuable members of, of a team or a company. And I guess um, when we talk about discouraging, the the thing that we don't know from the survey is whether it's like-to-like, whether you have two people who are equally qualified that you think would fit equally well into your team, and then you end up choosing the man because you think the woman is um, a liability in terms of yeah. how much she's going to cost you, or whether you have people who where, where the dynamic is tipped, you have a more qualified female employee, and you don't hire her. And these things are different. And I bring this up partly to say, um, if you wouldn't fire a very qualified woman in your company because she got pregnant, then why wouldn't you hire against the possibility that she might, considering that she might also be a very valuable member? So, it's these sorts of things. Keep your thoughts coming. You can uh, call 777
2: send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We're asking you, do you think policies like longer maternity leave and period leave make women less hireable? We'll be back after this for your messages as well as to continue the conversation. Keep it here, BFM 89.9.
1: Be free-minded, BFM.
2: It is just coming up to 7.08. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Lynn. And uh, we've been asking you whether you think policies like longer maternity leave and period leave make women less hireable. Uh, Keep those thoughts coming. You can call us. You can send us a voice note. You can WhatsApp
3: us. You can tweet us. And uh, back to the messages. So... Let's talk about the people who are now circling, I think, how companies can be supported. Because even the people who are saying that, yes, these measures make women harder to hire, are kind of coming through with reasons as to why. So, for example, Anon says, please do the numbers. 98 days maternity, 21 days public... Sorry, 20... (laughs) I hesitated because is it 21 days? I don't think that it is. I think it 21 is the maximum if you include all possible state holidays. Correct, but you don't work in all possible states, so no. I don't think it is actually 21. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, please do the numbers. 98 maternity, 21 days public holiday, 14 days annual. The government needs to support the financial impact. Their motivation is not necessarily social impact. Unspoken is the new pushes for ESG um, under the UN SDG goals to improve sovereign ratings for funding as well. The government need to financially incentivize diversity? Oh, this is so
2: interesting. And I think this is actually what I was trying to get at earlier when I said um, capitalism need not be the driving force for every business and every organization. Um, And it goes back to how we think about work and companies and success. Um, I... I agree that some kind of incentivizing might be helpful, uh, but as we heard from our guest Kanna earlier, it's not a long-term solution. So if we look at it as a way of encouraging uh, buy-in, shifting mindsets, maybe, particularly if we're talking about that financial pinch that people may feel, um, but I think in the long term, there does need to be a larger attitude shift and a larger shift in just in terms of what we think of as a workplace. Uh,
3: we also have... Well, uh, sure. who says, I'm not against having an additional 38 days mat leave, but it should be unpaid instead of paid and it should be optional for mothers to take it or not. This is to enable the company to use the savings to pay their other employees who need to cover the work of the employee who's taking additional maternity leave because most of the time, companies will not hire more headcount to cover for that employee.
2: See, I I feel like a lot of the um, roadblocks that people are bringing up legitimately have to do with, Companies not willing to restructure how they've always do, done things. Yeah, um, and and it goes back to um, I I don't think it's a coincidence actually that Kanna earlier kept saying um, it's management. Management needs to think about how to make this work.
3: So I actually have a separate point to bring up, uh, which which some of the messages reading through them uh, are, you know, making me think about, which is the fact that it's not. It's not right, really, um, in this day and age for interviewees to ask whether somebody is married or whether they plan to have children. It used to be the norm. Uh, Increasingly, that's changed. Now, I think uh, with a growing awareness of sexual harassment, with uh, gender equity and the like, that question has become unaskable, which is fine. But there are women who don't ever plan to have children and who are also interviewing For jobs. And when we hear of incidents like this, in which people um, are generally choosing. Choosing men over women because they worry about that ninety-eight day maternity leave. I think, um, of course, the focus should be on mothers uh, being discriminated against, and I'm not trying to to take that away. I'm merely pointing out that discrimination against mothers ends up being discrimination against a huge, you know, broad group of other people who may never plan to do this, never plan to go on this journey, simply because of the feared perception mm. of that ninety-eight day leave. And I bring this up because I I I feel like we're starting to boogeyman. It. And I don't know that it is. If you're a very small company with a very small workforce, I hear you. But otherwise, I think that adjustments can be made. I completely agree. And I think the assumption that every
2: woman of a particular age at a particular stage in life will potentially always be a liability is a very negative place to start from. Because you're not starting from an equal playing ground, uh, equal uh, playing field. We have a number of people bringing up the need for paternity leave as well. Isaac, uh, Andrew again, uh, Joshin, all bringing that up. But 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 I wanted to read this one from Isa, who says, Introduce substantial one-month-or-more paternity leave to make taking leave for family matters a normal thing for all Malaysian employers and employees. Also make it normal for Malaysians to expect men to help out at home so that wives, sisters, daughters and so on can pursue their own careers and studies.
3: So this takes me all the way back to an earlier message from KW who said, um, this is a pushback against entitlement. Enjoy it. This is what happens. Um, and and at the time, I, I asked why the us versus them. And I think that this is exactly the thing. There doesn't need to be an us versus them. Um, I think that most mothers would absolutely fight. Most women, most people um, would absolutely fight for the right for men to also have 98 days of paternity leave because we want like proper Malaysians being raised, you know, it benefits everyone. So um, in essence, like, I I don't see the problem with this, but I think that... um it's important to talk about it as an as something that you have a right to, not necessarily something you have a right to only because women now have the right to potentially have children.
2: Ah, this is actually what I often notice, right? That the question of paternity leave is often brought up only as a counterpoint to discussions on maternity leave. I do think paternity leave is important, but then collectively people should do more to advocate for it rather than just use it as a whataboutist whataboutist argument. Um, A number of people talking about um, HR company and so on, Madi saying not hiring women because of maternity leave is short-sighted. It's poor HR and it's poor management.
3: Um, Meanwhile, let's see. uh, We also have um, ah, Anon who says, I'm not sure about higher productivity from male employees, but I have had my fair share of covering my fellow female colleagues whose maternity leave clashed. It's not easy. I think one has to do some family planning when you decide to go for certain jobs. I think, by the way, that this is a fair statement. Likewise, employers would also have to do some planning in job allocation. My former department head set rules for staff who take leave for school holidays, religious, public holidays. The staff were expected to negotiate among themselves, and it worked out rather well. A lot depends on a systematic head of department. I would say systematic, and uh, if
2: empathetic. I could, I was going to say empathetic. Um, and also again, I, I don't know if what I'm saying is perhaps clear enough. I think that we need to start from a place of wanting to make this work rather than from a place of, let's see how this can be made into a problem. Um, and if heads of departments, HR managers start from the place of, I want
3: to make this work, there are things that could be put in place. Maybe it's like this, right? Uh, companies should start from a place of, I want to make this work. The, company, uh, the government is maybe the one that has to consider the scarcity mindset. Because the fact That's a good of the point. is for some companies, it is a problem. It is a problem and they... Need support, and nobody is denying that.
2: Do keep those thoughts coming. Do you think policies like longer maternity leave and period leave make women less hireable? You can call 7733 send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018 789 8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we'll be closing off the conversation by talking about how to implement gender sensitive policies uh, in an effective way. And for that, we'll be speaking with Amelia Sharif of Speak Up Malaysia. So keep it here, BFM 89.9.
1: Bigotry Free Malaysia, BFM 89.9.
2: It is 717. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Lynn. And uh, we're discussing gender sensitive, gender empowering workplace policies and how to implement them in a way that uh, works, that doesn't backfire. Uh, in the meantime, keep your thoughts coming. Do you think policies like longer maternity leave and period leave make women less hireable? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, WhatsApp, or voice note 018 789 8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, Joining us now on the line is Amelia Sharif, Managing Partner of Speak Up Malaysia. Amelia, good to have you back with us. Thank you for having me. So we've been discussing the fact that in the short, uh, in the short term at least, uh, longer maternity leave has resulted in some companies choosing to hire men over women. Does this reflect that when it comes to bolstering female participation in the workplace, we need more than just policies? What else is needed to support legislation?
4: We definitely need more than just policies, but to understand what else do we need in this kind of climate, we have to first unpack the the key concern um, employers have when it comes to this kind of issues, i.e. significant increase in their operating expenditures or OPEC's. Um, It is also worthy to note at this point that aside from the increased paid maternity leave from the previously 60 days um, to the current 98 days, the recent amendments to the Employment Act also included new provisions on things like paid paternity leave of seven consecutive days for fathers or reduced maximum weekly working hours to 45 um, hours per week, which is about nine hours a day and many others. So all of this has an impact on OPEC, no matter how you look at it, not just provisions on paid maternity leave. So the question is, why are women disproportionately punished? Um, The study by the Associated Chinese Chambers of Commerce um, shows that employers' preference for hiring males over females is not a small shift. It is a huge, massive shift, which means that these are not necessarily data-driven decision-making at the management level, but it is one that is uh, made based on misconceptions or prejudices against hiring women in the workplace. So how do we address these misconceptions and prejudices? So first of all, key understanding on DEI or diversity, equality, um, and inclusion is extremely crucial. Beyond talking about this from a human rights or gender equality lens, uh, gender diversity in the workplace is actually lucrative for businesses. Um, for example, a diverse boardroom or a diverse workforce would lead to better performance, improved productivity and healthier work cultures. Now, I don't want to go into these details because these are researchers that have been done for like years and the results are not, you know, something that you can question, question right? The results are conclusive. So, the impact of unhealthy work culture on the on, on on the other hand is massive. Just in the last year, we have seen the Great Resignation. We've seen quiet quitting, and in twenty eighteen, mental health issues in Malaysia was estimated to cost almost fifteen billion ringgit, which is equivalent to one percent of our GDP. Those things cost money to organisations as well. So I think at this point, it is important to note that it's not just one thing costs money. A lot of things cost money. So when money is a concern. How do we address um, you know, certain misconception? I have a few recommendations. The first one is, I think clear guidelines on implementation is important. So maybe a lot more studies and communication from the government to these employers stating that the, the, you know, the monetary impact on their businesses goes beyond just the increased maternity leave because that's all they seem to be able to see at the moment. Aside from guidelines, we can also, you know, you know, the government can also provide incentives to, you know, ease them into implementing the new maternity leave. Um, This is not uncommon. You see a lot of countries when they just first introduce paid maternity leave or parental leave, um, usually there will be incentives like tax cuts or tax breaks provided. Um, There are other schemes that the government can provide to support these businesses um, financially, especially when you're talking about SMEs um, in in the country. And when you talk about incentives, at the same time, you also have to talk about penalty because refusing to hire women is discriminatory and it is a violation of our federal constitution. So I think aside from just doing the bit on the policy and legislation, you need awareness, you would need um, regulation and guidelines, you need incentives, and I would also recommend a penalty in this regard.
3: So the thing is, right, that the argument against gender-sensitive workplace policies, and we've been hearing a lot of them this evening, uh, and we're talking also about things like menstruation leave, the argument is that it's perceived as unfair, it provides special dispensation to women. How would you respond?
4: Um, if I can be cheeky for a bit, I would say, um, you know, maternity leave, is it stems from a very patriarchal understanding on parenting, Right. Um, so as opposed to providing parental leave, Malaysia chooses to provide maternity leave. So it is only unfair because as a society, we place unfair burden on women to manage household and and to do care work, um including taking care of uh, taking care of baby post childbirth or even you know as they grow up and things like that. So had this been a parental leave, this conversation would not have happened. So people are only saying it is unfair because of the unfair burden that we're placing on women and I think that's very important to highlight but secondly I cannot we cannot run away from this conversation creating equitable workplaces requires commitment and that includes financial commitment so when you look at the context of the workplace and how do you keep your workforce productive how do you keep them um, motivated to do their work day in day out right Um, there's no one one shoe fits fits all policies you kind of have to look at the demographic and look at indeed like as a target group right what each of them need and this look differently for different groups of people for example men in the workforce versus women in the workforce or individuals with um other gender identities in the workforce each of them would have different issues that em- that that employees need to address not just because we need to treat these individuals like human beings but it is because it is lucrative to treat these people Well, because they perform well when they are healthier, they perform well when they are happier, they perform well when their mental health is stable. So that conversation needs to shift from, oh, these are just people who work from us and we need to, you know, squeeze as much as we can out of them. Because in the long term, the better you treat them, the better that they can, you know, perform, the better they can contribute to the company and we have not even gone to conversation to talk about people with disabilities intergenerational you know differences in terms of expectations what would a Boomer versus Millennial or gen Z expect in a workplace all of these things are different so back to what I was saying earlier so because of all of these things you need different targeted strategic effort to address different target groups that does not make it unfair that makes it strategic so from a business and management point of view it is an issue of how do we empower each individual target group so we can get the best outcome for the organisation.
2: So when we have these discussions, we often hear from women who don't want these policies because they worry that it will end up disadvantaging them, that it would put a target on their back, which honestly in our work culture is often true. How can we address these concerns?
4: Yeah, I would definitely say it's a valid concern. We've seen, you know, even right now, you can see the pushback, right? Um, I've I've read some recommendation from the Harvard Business Review that I thought was interesting. Um, so it talked about for HR leaders or or um for organization like divisional heads or department heads, right? What you can do is you support um like a, a, a period where you allow your workforce to transition in and out so that means you do not make a blanket assumption of what they prefer during that paid of uh during that period of paid maternity leave or paid Uh, paternity leave. So conversations going in and out is extremely important because you need to understand what they need, what they require. Some people, maybe they would want an update on the clients that they've been managing for the past 10 years. Maybe they want a quarterly update. Uh, Sorry, maybe they want a weekly update or maybe they want a monthly update, right? So it's important to have that conversation. And when you assure women and even men in the workplace that you know, all of these policies will be not just communicated to you, but we will actually communicate it to you in a way of discussions, understanding what you require. I think it's easier to address Um, these concerns on a personal level but look at let's look at it at an organizational level right on a on a big level where everyone thinks now we have a target on our back I think organize um, like organizational communication like by way of town hall is extremely important our bosses need to communicate this commitment in a non-passive aggressive way Um, you know actually meaningfully have a conversation because Let's face it. take paternity or maternity leave is not holiday. Um, people are more stressed out on this leave than they are at work. Some people can argue. So I think um that commitment at a at a at a at a higher level in every organisation is important to address these concerns.
3: We have uh, a minute and a half left with you. In closing, what are some of the other gender responsive policies you would like to push for in Malaysian workplaces?
4: I really like this question. I have a lot, but I'm going to pick five. (laughs) Um, I think the first one that I would really like to see would be things like, not specifically gender, but I think things that improve diversity, equality, and inclusion um, as a whole. Number one, better policies for persons with disabilities, uh, people with mental health and mental conditions um, in the workplace, that would be number one. Number two, better safe uh, um, workplaces that covers a wider range of sexual and gender-based violence issues in the workplace. that goes beyond just sexual harassment, right? Um, Number three, better protection for LGBT... employees um in the organization, um, you know, opportunities, resources and all of that need to be better given uh, in a more equitable way. I would love to see more policies on fair workload, fair compensation, and fair working hours um, in Malaysia as well. And live but last but not least, um it would definitely be great to see more employers um talking about work-life balance and how do they plan to implement that within their respective organizations. So those would be my um I guess wish list. Amelia, thanks for speaking with us today.
2: Thank you for having me. That was Amelia Sharif, Managing Partner of Speak Up Malaysia. Uh, And uh, do keep those thoughts coming. Do you think policies like longer maternity leave and period leave make women less hireable? You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us. So keep it here, BFM 89.9.
0: You have been listening to a podcast
2: from BFM
0: 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind,